Luke, how are you doing today, man? I am doing good. How are you, Paul? I am lovely. We're going to have a fun little journey to go on through the next two podcasts. We are. I think it's going to be informative for both us and also for our listeners as well. So guys, buckle up. It's going to be a exciting and fun ride as Paul picks his new Premier League team. Mm-hmm. We're making the we're making big choices now. This is um, a decision that's going to bring a lot of happiness or sadness into my life for the foreseeable future. Act, well, I mean, for the rest of my for life, for a lifetime, I would hope for, for a the lifetime. Foreseeable. Yeah, D- is that is that a bandwagon I hear? <laughs> no, for the for my foreseeable future forever. That was I say? that was a stipulation I was going to make as well. Is that. I am just here as a guide to continue mm-hmm. to help Paul along on his journey. I am not actively choosing a team. Um, I am a Leeds United fan, and given that they are out of the <laughs> Premier League... Oh, you jackass. <laughs> that That is going to be a little rough. Um, so, with that being said... With that being said, we're going to... Um, this is going to be kind of fun for both of us to do this. I've compiled, like... A list of all t- 20 teams in the Premier League. I decided to choose a team that's currently in the Premier League. I didn't consider teams outside the Prem just because I. it just was easier this way to narrow it down realistically. And there's some, in saying this, for all our new listeners or people out there that don't watch football that much, so we'll have 20 teams in the Premier League that I'm choosing from, but there's also other tiers of English football that have old historic teams that are Great options to choose from, but I'm just narrowing my scope of my decision to these 20 teams in the Premier And also it makes more sense logically when you think about it because we are heavily focused upon the Premier League here in this podcast. You know, FPL, that's not really impacting the championship, right? So we're looking solely at teams in the Premier League for the majority of this podcast and hence why Paul's looking for a team here. And if he were to find a team in, say, Italy or France or Spain, mm-hmm. that would be a lot more time he'd have to dedicate to an entirely oh, different yeah. league. So there's, you know, there's a, a little bit of a reason why he's looking in Premier League clubs. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think uh, this is going to be, like I said, it's going to be a good little window for people that probably don't have um, as much of a landscape knowledge about the 20 teams in the Premier League. So buckle up and take this ride with us. And also, I mean... There may be a couple things that I get wrong or stuff that I looked up wrong because I did do some half-assed internet research and good research, but there's probably certain things about these clubs that I'm missing because I haven't experienced all of them on a physical match day experience or gone to a match there myself. So uh, Paul, if there's anything, we missed a great opportunity here. We should have just gone to every Premier League club and visit in person, and then we could yeah, make a choice. Um, I don't have the bread for that, Luke. I wish I did, but I don't. One day. One day. One but. day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> yeah, but um, we're going to – is there anything else you want to add in this little segment, Luke? I think after this we'll just dive right in and kind of start looking at teams. No, I clubs, think we clubs. pretty much outlined everything, um, so let's just get right into it. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, hey, welcome. So before we begin on this journey and actually begin on this journey, I need to put in a stipulation. Okay. Currently, given that this is an audio media, you all cannot see what shirt I'm currently wearing. 
Bit. I am currently wearing a Take Chelsea off. kit Bit. from back when Paul was a big fan of Chelsea. It's a beautiful kit. I I absolutely love it. It's a, it's the yellow kit from a, what was it like seventeen eighteen? Yeah, I think that 18, was 19. one of the last years that maybe Hazard was there. Or was no, it? Was this it? was this was the year that Mount came out. This was Pulisic's first year at Chelsea. Oh yeah 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 that's yeah. right that's right. Um, but I'm wearing this because I think there is an outlandish chance of Paul ever choosing Chelsea. But on the off chance of it happening, I'm wearing Chelsea's kit. This guy's <laughs> tripping. This guy is absolutely on something, some hardcore drugs right now. I am, but we'll just see where the journey takes you. So yeah, let's just put we'll, that out there, right? We'll follow the path, but um, I can almost assure you the path does not lead to Chelsea. Ah, no spoilers. Come on. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll okay. See. Um, I will hand it over to you, Paul. Do you want to go with the first club that we will be spotlighting? Yeah. So we're going to start with Aston Villa, who are located in Birmingham. And honestly, that's a very... I didn't realize the prestigious nature of, of Aston Villa. Their club, I mean, they ha- they've won 22 domestic cups and three international cups. I honestly, I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's pretty I knew crazy. that they had like a pretty good history, but I didn't realize that many trophies. I mean, that's that's pretty elite in the English landscape. So I, um, when I was doing all this stuff, putting together stuff, I kind of came up with like U.S. equivalents. And I'm going to throw one at you for Aston Villa, Luke, and see what you think. Okay, let's hear it. The Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, okay. Very nice. Okay. Um, Tell me a little bit more why you think that. So they kind of have the work hard city kind of mentality of getting stuff done. And they have the old prestigious history, kind of like the Sixers do, where where they have Dr. J and um, Charles Barkley when he played there. And just like a a wide... um, I feel like there was a gap, though, between, um, like, they used to be elite, and then they're kind of coming back now to prominence, and Villa with um, Unai Emery, they are very exciting right now. They have a young striker in Ollie Watkins that has done a great job in the Premier League so far. So, I mean, I think that, for me, the, the main reasons I would pick them is basically the trajectory they went on last year. And also the old history mixed with that. It, that would be an exciting club to be a fan of. It is. And I was also reading the other day that apparently Aston Villa are looking at signing Diaby from Bayer mm. Leverkusen. Yeah. Um, that would be a really, he'd be so much fun in the Premier League, dude. He is just yeah. lightning quick. That He's <laughs> fast. He's yeah. very fast. He's impressive. So that would be a fun signing for them. But I do like the way you kind of frame this narrative around Villa. They are a very exciting team at the moment you know they have that history like you mentioned um and i feel like it would be it would be an amazing place to just go watch a match on the weekend yeah you know it would be if you're someone from birmingham then i you know they they have to be diehards about their club because of the history like you said and i mean it's the biggest team in birmingham so Mm -hmm. of course they're gonna be really supportive of that club so yeah and hey if you're a peaky blinders fan I still feel maybe the club for you, you know. Yeah, Thomas Shelby. Thomas. <laughs> Thomas fucking Shelby, man. <laughs> Blood there. Yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and move to the next one. Um, by the way, just so we're gonna we're gonna do this, where I'm gonna leave. I basically build a top six of clubs I'm interested in that I are probably gonna choose, and we're gonna go through them on the last pod. So we'll see how that plays out. But and the next club I want to go to is Bournemouth, and this is a team that. I really didn't know much about and 
they kind of have an underdog story about bouncing back and forth from the Premier League back to the championship and then down and up. It's kind of like a yo-yo story. Um, to me, what's really interesting for them is that their highest finish is ninth in 16 and 17, which is really impressive for Bournemouth. I didn't know they ever finished that high. That is impressive. I feel like this next season, with the way they finished, they could be looking at like a top 14 to 12 Possibly. you know, range in the next Premier League season. And if they can do that, and break that cycle of kind of yo-yoing up and down from mm-hmm. the championship to the Premier League, that'll be excellent for the club. They gain some stability, excuse me, and, you know, maybe push for some, you know, like an FA Cup title or something like that where they're, you know, trying to get some silverware after, <laughs> you know, going so long without any. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a good point. For, I think for me, the biggest selling point on them would be the their underdog story and them building like a legacy in the Premier League to like be a fan now starting out with them, which is which is honestly the selling point for a lot of these lower tier Premier League clubs that if I were to choose them to choose to be a fan of them and see them rise up to the ranks, that would be such a fun journey to go on with that with that club, you know? It would be. And I I did not realize for the longest time until later on in last season that Eddie Howe was there for a long time. Mm-hmm. He was one of the main reasons why they progressed through the um, championship, went through mm-hmm. all the English tiers, and ended up being in the Premier League. So that's a really cool story, a really nice narrative to see how you know the club has, I mean, really risen from the mud and just done a great job of getting back in the Premier League, and I hope they can stay up. It seems like they have a really kind of cohesive, and it just seems like a good narrative to the club overall. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, Bournemouth is out there. They're floating somewhere out there in space. There's a possibility, you know. And the next team I want to move to, Luke, is Wolverhampton Wolves. Oh, very interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a really cool fact that I don't think you'll know. They started out as a team known as St. Luke's FC in 1877. Oh. And I thought you'd have a little little tie to that, you know. And it would be so cool if we could find a kit for that, like one of oh, the old school kit for we can, you. We can try to search for that. That would mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. If anyone out there has any amazing places to get old vintage kits that yeah. are not crazy expensive, please do share that with us. We're, we're yeah. very intrigued. That would be perfect for Luke if we could find that. But um, So for Wolves, really, I think one of the big draws for me, Sorry, I had a little indigestion there, but um, one of the biggest draws for me is one of my pretty good college friends, Mel. He is a Wolves fan, and he always talks about the pain and the existential nature of being a Wolves fan. And honestly, that kind of draws me, you know, like a little roller coaster ride. Up Why and down. is that not a character trait? For you? <laughs> it's a character flaw or strength, whatever you want to go with. But it's a trait. We won't say whether it's good or bad, but it's a trait. <laughs> it's a trait. And as always... As Maybe this is applicable. The suffering yeah. is necessary. Suffering and is if necessary. you are a Wolves fan, I think the suffering is I think Mel would eternally agree. necessary. I think Mel would agree. But um, so that Wolves, Wolves are also like Bournemouth. They're floating out there. You know, they're a possibility. Someone to think about. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Very nice. Do you want to move on to the next one, Paul? Mm-hmm. All right. Look, let's go to Nottingham Forest. We're just going to bounce around a little bit and everything. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Keep us on, us to- keep us on our toes, yeah. you know. So for Forest... I think this is a team that is literally a sleeping giant in the Premier League. Ever since they got back up, 
they have the ability to become a team somewhat like maybe not Manchester City. Manchester City's a very long shot, but like I think they could end up being a team that pushes for the top six with the right investment and the right system they put in because I mean they have an owner that can spend money. They have a rabid fan base that's gonna get behind them and I I I think this is one of the best long shot options to pick a team in the Premier League. Oh, so you're saying that a team like if you were gonna be speculative yeah. about how you pick a team, this mm-hmm. would be a good one. I see that. I see that. Um I one of the players that I love in their side is Morgan Gibbs White. Yeah, dude, he's from awesome. an FPL perspective, he was absolutely terrible for me because he was anytime he was in my team, no goal or assist. And mm. when as soon as he was out, yeah, you got screwed. I man. think he, you know, proceeded to get like two goals and six assists, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would love that. I mean, Force has a great fan base to kind of join. They have an amazing and exciting young team. They do. Um, with lots of new pieces, <laughs> that is an important note that. I mm-hmm. don't know how much they've spent in the past two or three years, but they spent a lot of money. It has been a lot, a lot of money. Which is honestly, if you want, if you're a fan of them, you want to see more, um, more substance probably to the transfers instead of just bringing in a lot of quantity of players. Kind of like the situation with Chelsea last year. You want to bring in people for the, the right fit for a system you're building, not just spending a fuck ton of money. So right, exactly. that's also something to balance in this is. Is there actually good management behind the club? Because why would we want to be fans of a club that doesn't know how to run itself, you know? Right. And I think that's an important note here is that what I think you're trying to get at is you want to find the true ethos of these clubs and see which one you directly align with the most. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, we're going through that in a really good way. Yeah, yeah, um, we're getting through it. So is there anything else you want to say on force or do we want to move no. on to the next one? I think that was the, the main selling point to me is the – the old nature of the club mixed with the large upside with the owners and the fan base. I think that that's a big draw. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. It's something to keep in mind too, because you know, you want to be picking a team that you're optimistic about their future and not someone, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe wolves who <laughs> might yeah. just be stuck in continual mediocrity. You never know. You never know. You never know. All right, Luke, let next let's go to, we're going to go to Burnley. We're going to go to turf more. And we're going to detail why we think they are a good option. So whenever I look at this, I see it as a small town atmosphere. If you actually look at it, so they have an average attendance of 20,000 of every match. The town of Burnley, the number I saw was quoted at 70,000. Very interesting. So, I mean, dude, that's the percentage of their town that goes to their games. It's fucking awesome. But I think what attracts us to some things about the premier league is you see this integration of clubs into their communities they are directly interwoven to i mean literally the entirety of these people's lives right like some of them are completely reliant mm-hmm. upon the success of the club yeah, look at leads to provide their livelihoods mm-hmm. and whenever the club struggles the town is going to struggle as well so that that direct kind of integration of the two is so intriguing to me and it's it's fascinating frankly yeah, Burnley's also one of these clubs that's been bouncing up and down from the Premier League back to the championship the last probably four or five years. So it would be really cool to see them solidify themselves in the Prem. And they have, I mean, with with company as their manager, they've they had an unbelievable year last year in the championship. So 
I think it's an exciting time to be a Burnley fan to see if they can continue that run going forward this year in the Premier League. And also, another cool fact, Luke, they've been playing at Turf Moor since 1883. That's pretty impressive. Which is that a is, long time. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. That's yeah. history right there. I One thing that I think is really exciting about Burnley, but might be detrimental to you choosing them as a club, is they have one of the young and upcoming upcoming managers in all of Europe. Yeah. If you listen to the right people, they you know that the top clubs like PSG, um, Real Madrid, all of these top European clubs, they are eyeing him. Mm-hmm. And they're very interested to see how he continues to... I mean, this season in the Premier League, if he's successful, you could see a major jump to maybe a top Premier League team or something like that. Yeah. Um, as we know, there's a lot of turnover with managers in the Premier League, so... That is something that could honestly maybe harm your decision to choose Burnley. Yeah, if you think about it, it's it's really hard. Um, this whole context of this decision for me, it's really hard to not be a prisoner of the moment and just look at these teams. Which there's one team, I'm not going to mention them yet in my top six. That's so hard not to be a prisoner of the moment and just be a fan of them. Which you may be able to guess, week, but I don't want you to say if you can. And it's really difficult to balance that because like. There's teams that I really love after watching last year, and I'm like, I have to remember, these coaches and these players aren't going to be here forever, and it's the club that's going to stay, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, so, exactly. And the club, and then also, like you said with Burnley, like, it's kind of the community in which they exist, you know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of determines what the club is, right? So, like, with Bournemouth for, was it Bournemouth? No, it was, like, Villa, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, they have kind of, like, that, like, get the job done mentality, but also a history, you know, kind of like the Sixers. And it's that, their ethos, who they are as a club that really matters in this decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. It's, um, that's a good one. Um, Burnley really is, I think that's a good option for people out there considering a new Premier League team to look at. They're, they're young and exciting, and we'll see how they do this year in the Prem. All right, so next we're going to bounce down to Crystal Palace. We're going to move to South London, and we're going to explore... Why the why the Eagles may be a good option for me to be a fan of. All right. Well, you want to dive into it? Yeah. So we, me and Luke took a trip to London late, what was it, in March of this year? Yes. I think it was March. And we managed to get tickets to a Crystal Palace and Everton match. And honestly, I don't think I really even knew what I was walking into because the atmosphere, I knew it would be fun and be a good time. But like Crystal Palace fans were awesome at the game let me tell you fucking electric <laughs> it was it was so cool like selhurst park was bouncing the whole time and we we saw a zero zero draw but i mean even the whole time they were singing and the everton fans were singing too like it was a great atmosphere the park's a beautiful park the the beer was great we honestly we just had an amazing time and i i, I don't know i did a i did some research on this and a lot of the lists I saw had Crystal Palace in the top three or number one. And they were number one in a lot of the list I found. Of game day atmosphere. Of match, days experience, match, day, match okay. day experiences, yeah. Yeah, no, it was great. I, I loved it as well. Um, I think my question to you, though, in going through this process, mm-hmm. does being at Crystal Palace, did that push them higher up your ranks at all? Because that was your yeah. first Premier League match. Yeah, no, that... That will always hold a place in my heart. And Palace, obviously, since I'm talking about them, didn't make the top six. But they were right there. They were on it. 
I had to choose between them and another club, and I chose the other one. But Palace, it, it's something to me that, I mean, like, they're basically the underdogs of London, essentially, if you look at it that way. And the atmosphere, the fans, and they actually claim to be the oldest club in the world. They claim mm-hmm. that they were founded in that. 1861, but the, it was disputed by the FA. And it's actually kind of really hard to find when the year these clubs are founded. So, I mean, there's a there's a long history there for what they claim. And all, the FA, like I said, disputed it, but... I mean, 1861, that, that's a long-ass time ago. Yeah, no, that's a long time. Um, I, I can safely say I was not around then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, wow, the history here is just... I think this was one of the aspects that kind of initially brought us and drew us into the world of European football as well. It's just the history that these clubs have. Mystique. You know, it's, it's so fascinating to me. Um, I think both of us love that aspect of the sport, just, you know the rivalries that exist that have existed for so long no one knows why the rivalries exist it's just mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah. yeah the another really cool fact about that just for like reference for people is in 1865 1865 abraham lincoln was president for part of the year before you know bad things happened to him and then the end of the american civil war was also in 1865 so for context that's According to Crystal Palace, they were started four years before that stuff happened, which that's is just mind blowing. That an institution honestly is around for that long. That's not a government. Like that's awesome. As Americans, knowing that that's pre Civil War, just wow. Yeah. Wow. Mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to kind of move on to the next choice? It is. Yeah. You know it. It's kind of sad that Crystal Palace didn't make it higher in the list. I thought that, you know, the they, match day experience. So, they, Luke, I said, like, I think, honestly, they would fall, like, seven or eight on my list. But I'm, I'm just going through this now. I'm not going through in any order at all. I'm just kind of bouncing around. Um, but next team I think we want to look at is Luton Town. And if people out there have not seen, I want you to pause our podcast right now, and I want you to look at their stadium because that is – absolute english football to its core right there and they have already postponed their first match <laughs> yeah um that they'll be hosting and that was against was that burnley i believe that they're playing i think so i think so i i can't tell you exactly but that sounds right and, you know and it, it was it's very brave of them to do that frankly because they they could have told the premier league and burnley as well that oh we could have it done you know it'll be fine and they didn't, you know, they owned up to it. They said they weren't going to be ready on time. So mm-hmm. um, good for them to do it this early on. People can make other preparations in order to get to the match when it's rescheduled. Yep. And honestly, we just want the players to be healthy, right? If it's not a safe pitch for them to be on, then we don't want that to happen. So um, back to you, Paul. Why are you possibly choosing Luton? Well, I think the the main draw for me is they're essentially a Cinderella team in March Madness. Like, if you look at them, they've gone through a historic run in the English pyramid. They're the first team to return from the fifth tier of English football to the Premier League. And, dude, just the process they've gone through to get to where they're at now in the Premier League, is it's astounding. Like, it, it, like one of the things I've been talking about is speaking to the club's identity and who they are. And, I mean, it's just a never-say-die mentality for Luton. I mean, if you come back from all that, you're doing something so fucking right that – kind of hard not to root for them even if you're not a fan you know yeah i agree i agree i think it's so it's so exciting 
for on so many different levels, you know, for for Luton as well. Like just getting back to the Premier League, what that means for them, what it means for the club. But inversely, what it also means for other teams down within deep within the English pyramid. You know, there are there are prime examples with them, with Bournemouth, with all these clubs of if you manage your club properly, mm-hmm. have the right people in really important places, you have the possibility of making this historic rise in the Premier League. And now they're on the biggest stage. They get to go out there and fight to stay in the Premier League. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us and be top in the top t- top of the table. You who never knows? know. You never know. There's there's always crazy. there's always that air of mystery at the beginning of a Premier League season yeah, where it's it's awesome. Every team one through twenty has the the idea in their head. Or even if you're a lower team like Luton, maybe you're Leicester. <laughs> maybe you're Leicester, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know. But yeah, I think that for Luton, that's kind of the main um the resiliency thing and the club culture of just being successful. I mean, that's that's something that's very very appealing to me, you know. One person that I'm really excited to see play is Carlton Morris, their striker. Oh yeah, he's he lit up the championship last year, didn't he? Big body, he is really good in the air, but he he strikes the ball really well as well. So someone to keep an eye on for someone yeah. get a little going under the radar coming in the season. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he holds up against other other you know Premier League defenders. Um, so that, that is definitely something to keep an eye out for. But you know that'll be into my little rant. Is that about all you have on them, Paul? Yeah, that's that's about it right there. Um, next, we're gonna head to Manchester. And we're gonna Ooh, which r- one? We're gonna wrap up both teams in one. We'll we'll discuss City first, then United. Ah, uh, you're not be- gonna become a citizen. No, sorry, Kyle, it's not happening. Um, the main reason, I mean, Manchester City, we all know about them. I think the best way to describe them, sorry, Kyle, is new money. Like a team that's always struggled, and then they get a huge investment from a Saudi firm, and here we are. You know. Are you saying that they are the daddy's trust fund kids? Is that what you're saying, Paul? <laughs> They're daddy's credit card. <laughs> Daddy, can I have that credit card? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, it actually is really cool what Manchester City has done with the money they've been given. Like, it's one thing to have the money and invest it and just kind of see what happens. But <coughs> PSG. <coughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they've checked every box that they would have wanted to coming into this this new group that bought them. And, I mean, they hired the right coach. I mean, best coach of all time, probably. And then they put the right pieces and played around them. And they've dominated the Premier League. They just got their Champions League. Like, this this would be a great team to be a fan of right now. But, like I said, we're not going to be prisoners of the moment. And who knows what's going to happen with them 10, 15 years from now. So, Manchester City does not make my top six. Mainly for the reason because why would I choose a team that's the best right now? It just doesn't make sense, you know? My question in regards to City is, are they at this point where they just won the Premier League for a second straight year? You know, what, like five or six out of the last ten, I guess. Um, And they got their first major European title. Yeah. Are we about to see them go on a run where they run off and get the next three out of five? Or they get the next six out of ten? It seems like they're maybe on a precipice here. They have a lot of players going out. And the way in which they rebuild the squad is going to be so imperative for them if they're if they're able to make that run where they're you know securing multiple European titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like we'll have to see, but I mean, I think after Pep got the first one at City, it just kind of is going to open the floodgates, and 
they're just going to keep getting better. And they they have sent a lot of players out this year to different different clubs all over the world. So there's going to be a little bit of a retooling. But, I mean, whenever you have the absolute talent across their squad and young players, too, that they're integrating, I there's not going to be much of a drop-off, realistically, you know? Yeah, right. But the margins are so fine, especially in something like the Champions yeah. League. If they're competing for the Premier League for, and if they're competing for every possible cup they can, they they have to be almost perfect in order mm-hmm. to win the Champions League. No, again. I agree. I agree with you there. So I think a little bit of a drop off, and we could see you know them not making that push for Champions League again. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree. And that's um, if anybody else out there is choosing a Premier League team this year. I would advise against Manchester City, but also I mean, hey, if you want to be a bandwagon. It's your decision. Go for it, you know? Man, I'm so excited. I just can't wait for this next season to start. Yep. Just think about fun, all of the possibilities here. Like, we have Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Arsenal, um, maybe Brighton. Chelsea might come in and be really great this season. There's just so many things that can happen. I mean, I forgot Newcastle. How can I forget Newcastle? There's so yeah. many teams that are just building their squads in ways in which they're increasing their depth, getting better, higher quality players in that I just, I'm so yeah. excited for this season. To start. I just, I can't contain my excitement. Yeah, it's really cool. So next we're going to go to Manchester United. And they actually, Manchester United has 59 domestic cups, eight international cups, and I think easily, not easily, but they're uh, Liverpool actually technically have more cups than them. I think, yeah, they do. Um, but I mean, easily, probably the most well-known English club throughout the world. I'd say the the flagship English English club. And just to keep it concise and short, under my reasons to pick, I have no fucking way because. <laughs> It's not happening. I will never be a Manchester United fan over my dead body. Let's be honest here. Anytime we meet someone in the States and they say, I'm a United fan, yeah. there there's an internal sigh. Yeah. So that's, um, um, if you want to be a United fan, go for it to your heart's desire, but that will not be me. For me, I see it more as the historical kind of fans who have been United fans for a long time. I I get it. You know, I just feel like some United fans this point might be a little bandwagon. But I mean, so there also is the context, Luke. I think in football, there's the discussion. I think a single player can make you fall in love with the game. So if you if you're a fan of a player and you fall in love with them, but the player and then the club they're at, I understand that. But uh, like all the shit that Manchester United does, like just as an institution, I'm just not here for it. So I'm not going to be a Manchester United fan. Their fans annoy the shit out of me. So I'm not doing it. Are you saying that Ronaldo attracted a lot of those fans to be initially United fans? I'd say so. United. I mean, if you let I me mean, look at Ronaldo, you look at Wayne Rooney, you look at um, who, who else was going to say, I mean, David Beckham. Like, I mean, they've had a lot of transcendent players over the years that have, drawn people into the club so i mean i i get it that's i get that honestly but like not for me yeah and that's okay you know it, for each person you know they're gonna decide things differently 
So being, if you are a United fan, you know, great. That's excellent for you. Um, I think that there's a lot of tradition, a lot of history at the club, and they've had some amazing players, like Paul said. Mm-hmm. So we definitely more than acknowledge that. Um, and, yeah, so it'll, it'll be a lot of fun to kind of see how they grow this next season. Ten Hag has been really good for them so far. Yeah. Um, so next week, let's bounce around to – let's go to Sheffield. Sheffield, all right. Let's Tell me more about Sheffield, Paul. So Sheffield's kind of going to be the same story of – Burnley and Bournemouth a little bit. They've been bouncing around from the Premier League to the championship. And they have one of those underdog stories where it would be, it's kind of the same context again, where it would be a long shot to be a fan of them essentially, because you're probably like Wolves is one thing for an existential, existential nature, but Sheffield and these clubs, like, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get realistically because they just don't have the money to spend. They don't have, you have to build such a strong club that, I mean, they just haven't showed us shown us that they can do that from a club perspective. So it would, it would be a stretch probably for me to pick a Sheffield as a club. But it's actually really cool, Luke. They were the first club to score in Premier League history. Really? See, I was going to ask you about a fun mm-hmm. fact for them. That's, yeah. that's an amazing fun fact. Yeah, that's I a good think- one, man. I, I love that. And one of their players that I'm really intrigued and excited to see is – Please forgive me. I'm not going to pronounce this right. Elaman Nadia. I I don't know. Right. So he um, he's a midfielder for them. He kind of plays for you know kind of that kind of you know number ten position a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But in his 89 perform appearances, excuse me, for Sheffield, he has 24 goals and 13 assists. He's someone, you know squeeze a little FBL action into this. He's someone who's really interesting. If Sheffield look good, being progressive, not sitting back too much, if they're scoring goals, you would have to say he's going to be a big part of that. Yeah, so, I totally agree. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye on. He's young, very exciting. Um, so, yeah, just keep an eye out for him. Sheffield is – isn't there a really good Netflix documentary about Sheffield? Or is that um, – was that one about Southampton? I think there was about – let me let me you keep yeah, going. You can, I'm um, going to I'm going to kind of bounce to my next one while you look that up. Um, the next club I want to look at is West Ham, which is in East London. They um, kind of have a cultural identity of kind of optimism and like the the bubbles are a really cool thing they do in their match day atmosphere where they let off bubbles and welcome in the hammers to play. It, it seems that was another one that I didn't quite realize, but they have one of the best um, match day experiences, apparently, too. Interesting. It's really good. I, and hmm. Yeah, I think I think they play at the Stadium of Light, if I'm correct, which you can see in, in Ted Lasso. They, um, that stadium's highlighted quite a bit. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty stadium. It has a lot of interesting stuff going on with it, so check that out. That's a good one. Um, and West Ham, I mean, they've kind of been a mainstay in the Premier League for a little bit now, and... They just sold Declan Rice for a lot of money, so let's see what if they how they can invest that money and where they go with it. I mean, they they were close to going down last year, so they better be careful because losing him is going to be a massive hole. We've got some baby Eagles that um, have been rumored to be going there. I don't necessarily think those are going to happen, um, but I mean, Tyler Adams would be an excellent s- substitution yeah. for Declan Rice. I don't. It's not he a would. move I'd prefer for him. 
but it would be very interesting if he kind of plug and play into that role, frankly. Yeah. Um, he'd be, I think he'd be a good replacement for West Ham. Maybe just not as progressive with the ball at his feet. I think um, his passing somewhat similar, you know, maybe not quite as elite, but he can definitely get the job done. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I mean, honestly, the biggest selling point to me is the stadium atmosphere. The David Moyes is a really good coach, but I mean, he's also Paul. There's it's last Nathan year. Shelley. That's their coach. Oh, yeah, my, bad. About? Come on. my bad. My bad. Sorry. How could you support a team that Rupert Mannion owns? I just, yes. I don't get it. I don't understand. That's why they didn't make the top six dog. Uh, it's crazy. It. It's crazy. All right. So next we are going to go to the little town of Liverpool where we're going to look at Everton. Uh, the forever and perpetual little brother of Liverpool. <laughs> yes. And to me, Everton's such an interesting club because they take all I talk about Aston Villa and multiply it times like on it, almost honestly kind of the same level. But like they have, I do not like watching Everton play football. Every time, ever, ever since I've become a fan of the Premier League, it's quite annoying how they play. So it's really hard for me to even consider them. But you have to really respect their ability to even stay up after the amount of money they've spent the last like six or seven years and the returns they've got out of these players. Like it's amazing how much money they've spent and not and finished basically last in the Premier League this all this way through. And that's what I was gonna say to continue on that point is they're not reason, not last, but outside the top three. Right. right. But the reason why they play the way they do is because they have so poorly invested in players. Mm-hmm. You know, they have, they've put in a lot of money, but on the same time, same hand, they just haven't developed that talent in a way that allows them to play progressively, play with the ball at their feet a lot. So they sit deep, you know, they absorb a lot of pressure and somehow they eke out goals and yeah. manage to stay, stay in the Premier League. But something that I was going to mention too, is it feels like they are the club with the mentality of, if we draw 38 times, mm-hmm. we will we'll not statistically be probably stay up. Yeah. So it, it just feels like that mentality. Um, yeah. But I mean, Everton well, is hey, props to them. They managed to stay afloat, I guess, you know, you know, they are one of the most historic clubs in the Premier League. So mm-hmm. they, maybe they can grow out of this phase they've been in grow more into that sleeping giant that they are um, and yeah. kind of move back into that top six. Dialogue. So they, there's actually a really cool fact about them. Like they have, a record 121st tier seasons. So they've been that's in the first crazy. tier 120 seasons. That's Do we know that's the, a lot of history right there. When was the last time they were relegated? Um, I can look it up real Yeah, fast. you look it up do real fast. Um, I do not know the last time they were relegated. Um, but I think a good U.S. equivalent for them is the Chicago, Bear, Chicago Bears, where they have this old, old history, and they were so good for a long time, and then they just – Ever in the last 15 years, they just can't keep it Holy together. Holy shit, man. This is crazy. Okay. So Everton have been relegated twice, right? They got down to the second tier. Um, and b- so that's why it's been four years, right? Mm-hmm. They were relegated once in the 1929-1930 season. And then for a second time in 1950-1951. How crazy is that? It's been yeah. almost 75 years since they've been relegated. Yeah, that's that's why it means so much. I mean, whenever you see all these Everton fans, remember when the 
the fan took the ball and put it in his shirt whenever they were fighting mm-hmm. for relegation. Mm-hmm. What was it, two years ago? Yeah. Like, it means so much to these people because, I mean, like, imagine. I mean, that's longer than some people's lives, realistically. Yeah, you know? I just, it, it is absolutely insane. The history that they have and how ingrained they are to their community. I mean, they are literally their community. That That's how it is for them. Um, yeah. So, and that's why we see play, pe- fans being so passionate about who they are and what they want from the club. Yeah. But that's a crazy fact. That's that insane. All right, Luke. Well, so next we're going to go to Chelsea. Oh, should I hold the fan, the jersey up so everyone can see it? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, so there's an interesting fact about Chelsea. And they, they were voted the most hated Premier League team in 2019. And Who I voted on that was it just you support <laughs> it? No, I was not a fan of the Premier League in 2019, Luke. But they, yes, um, to me, Chelsea, they have the old historic nature, but they also have part of the new age, new money thing with with Roman Abramovich coming in, investing in them, and bringing just a fuck ton of money into the club, and it paid off for them. I mean, they had they had a really good run, um, probably like. Over the last 20 to 25 years, they've had a great run that's been probably one of the best and arguably probably top top four run in the last 20 years in the Premier League. Like, they've had a ton of transcendent players. They've had – they have a great academy that produces a lot of talent. But the problem for them is they can't ever get out of their own way, realistically. Even even without Romovich, even with the, the new owners, they're doing the same thing where it, it's just a love-hate relationship. And honestly – this is one toxic thing I do not want to be a part of. I just don't. I get that. I think I've seen the worst parts of Chelsea both, after being after Pulisic, and I I don't want to. Both of us have been through the toxic cycles of social media with Christian Pulisic because you know he was what got us initially into European football. And man, it's it can it gets pretty rough out there. They they constantly send people to the shadow realm. Yeah, but um, on the flip side, so for other people out there that are considering. Being Chelsea fans, I think it actually is a good time. Like, you're kind of investing low at this point because Chelsea is, I think they're always going to be like a top six club probably for the, a long time. I mean, they have the money. They have young talent coming into the, into the, into the squad. They have an exciting coach coming, team, coming into, the, into the team with Pochettino. And, I mean, their owners are not afraid to spend money as they showcase the last year, year and a half. So, Speaking of showcases, maybe there'll be a fun All-Star game sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> With, what, um, 12 aside on each? Yeah, they could do north-south instead of east-west, like the yeah. NBA All-Star game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, no, well, that, that one, it's an option, you know, for some people out there, but not for me. Was Okay, so outside of their youth and kind of – that talent and having Pochettino come in, are there any other bright spots that you found while you're doing your research about Chelsea? Um, honestly, not really. I, I think that um, as somebody that, like I said, on our London trip, I went to Stamford Bridge and kind of saw it just because, like, I was a Chelsea fan for a little bit whenever Bullsick first went there and I didn't know about the club identities and everything. <laughs> but um, there's a great picture of me there, by the way. Uh, that will never see the light of day. Uh, it, it probably will eventually, but um, like the area of London is gorgeous. Like I, I could see like, and everybody we met around the club was really nice. So I mean, I'm sure the everyday people, the people that work there, the people that are at the club, the most people there are a lot more receptive to fans than people on Twitter, which is the most case for all situations. So we're a bit jaded, not 
I don't think me or Luke will ever be a Chelsea fan. So, but for other people out there, I mean, there's there's stuff about the club that's exciting, you know. Yeah, what I didn't tell you is I'm making my own Premier League team pick, and who I'm going to pick is the team that wins the Premier League next season. <laughs> <laughs> Every year I will be reassessing at the end of the year what team is my Premier I League team. I will pick a team halfway through. <laughs> it's whoever's at the top of the table. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, Luke, so I have one team left to go through, and then we will have I, six that I'll reveal. Can I guess who they are? I mean, I went through them, but I let me do the last one, and then you can guess. I mean, you, you well, should I already know. know. I've been tracking it. Go ahead. You yeah, you should just know. know. Um, so the last team I'm going to go through is Tottenham Hotspur. That's what I was going to try to guess. Is who your oh, you seventh were team who that was excluded oh, was. Okay, I see. I, I didn't I, follow you. Yeah, and I, as you said that, I was mouthing Tottenham Hotspur. So. Yeah, yeah. So Tottenham is going to be the one that – not honestly, it's without order that I just went through these 14 teams – but Tottenham is, I think, if you're looking at a big six team to pick from, they're probably the lowest risk, highest return of a team. Because um, obviously, I don't think they're going anywhere in the Premier League. They're not going down. They're not going to, honestly, they're, not even, they're probably not ever going to be a mid-table team as long as Harry Kane's still there. And this is... Did you hear the Harry Kane rumors? Yeah, Bayern Munich. Well, that, but they said that he had committed to going there. So Bayern Munich? Yes. Apparently, the word on the street is that he has basically said, I will go here if you pay the amount you need to get me there. So I, I would be devastated. I do not want to see him go. Yeah, we don't want to see that happen. I'm sorry to interrupt your thought. Keep going. Yeah, he's a great FPL asset and offers a lot to the Premier League. We don't want to see that. But so an interesting fact about Tottenham, which I would not have thought, is is that they actually are the first British club to win two UEFA competitions. To win a UEFA competition. That was in 1963. Really? UEFA was hmm. first founded, yeah. That's a good fun fact there. Yeah. They're, um, they're a London club, North London. They have huge rivalry with Arsenal. There's, there's a lot of passion around this club, but it just seems like they're always the, the little brother, the one that's, that's kind of on the outskirts of everything in the top six, you know? And here's the and thing. They've had good years. They've had a really good years, but like it's always just eh. I feel like their big thing is they don't give it enough time and they're always making the wrong signings. So you kind of have to look to the top on that. But I think Postacoglu coming in, I think he's going to be amazing for them. He yeah. has an inventive, aggressive, forward-minded system. So if you're going to jump on the Tottenham bandwagon, I would say now is the exact right time to do that. Yeah, I think, I think he, so. I mean, if he's given James the time, Madison... Yeah, James Madison's going to be great in the system. I think if you give Postacoglu the time he needs, give him this first season to work out the kinks, get everyone in the right positions. If Kane's gone to kind of rebuild from that, give him this first season to do it. And then if you're looking at the following season, so 2024, I mean, if things go right, you could see them competing for top six, top four, maybe even for the title. Yeah, we would love to see that. We want to see as much competition in the Premier League as possible. So let's hope Harry Kane doesn't leave. Um Luke kind of detailed all the reasons there. The new coach, um, they have a gorgeous stadium they just built. North London's a beautiful area. I mean, they Tottenham is a good option for people out there looking for a Premier League team. But like I said earlier, not for me. You know, yeah. And no, okay. I have no animosity towards Tottenham, honestly. Well, for now, but um, just we'll, wait, <laughs> wait. Yeah, I'm sure I'll find something eventually. But eventually, you'll have something against every team. <laughs> yeah, but. That's that's kind of going to end the 14 teams. Um, 
And just for people not tracking, I will unveil my list of six right now. Does that work for you, Luke? Dun, dun, dun. Yep, let's do it. Let's right. hear your top six. So do the, you, is this in no specific order, correct? Yeah, this is no specific order. I'm okay. just going to go through the six that I think could be the teams that I'm, clubs I'm going to follow for the rest of my life. All right, so Arsenal. Okay, not shocked. Mm-hmm. Newcastle. Okay, good. good. Brent Brentford. Interesting. That one. That one's a bit of an outlier that I might not have been able to predict. So yeah, I like that one. And then the next three are. I think you'll you'll probably know Fulham, right, right, Brighton, and Liverpool. Mm, I Liverpool breaking into the top six. Mm-hmm. I never thought that would happen, frankly, but I can kind of see why. I think if you yeah. once you really look at it, Liverpool might make a lot of sense for you. Actually, I think they do. Um, but we'll kind of cut it off here because we're going to do another podcast where we dive really deep on these six teams and my thought process behind why each one is a viable pick with who I am as a person and also why they're why they should be picked as a team to follow. Yeah, exactly. And you know that's why we kind of wanted to do this too on a on our podcast is to have Paul go through this journey but also if you are out there looking for a Premier League team to follow then you know, him detailing how he's going about this in his thought process will help you kind of find a team that speaks to you as well. Yeah, and a couple cool facts, a couple U.S. equivalents for people in the U.S. that are listening to this where maybe stuff you didn't know that would cause you to be a fan, maybe something that I didn't like about a club that I mentioned is something you love. So Exactly, yeah. You never yeah. know. Um, so, that I mean, that'll probably wrap for us, right, Paul? Yeah. Um, a couple things for you all to keep an eye out for. Um, I think we are going to, like we said, have a second um, – part of this where Paul's going to detail who he exactly picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple days, maybe sometime after that, I think we're going to look at ca- trying to get some FPL content out there where we're going to draft some teams that we are just going to leave for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and kind of, we'll just periodically check in on those as the season goes on. But, and then I think we'll kind of have a last kind of final FPL run up before the season starts where we're going to draft some teams with some friends that might not know too much about the Premier League. We'll see how that goes. That'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a fun one. So we hope you guys will join us for those and really hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we had a lot of fun, so Mm -hmm. thank you guys for listening. Also, we have a website and we have a Twitter thread, uh, Instagram threads account now too. So So there's all kinds of new stuff out there. mm -hmm. Luke just posted an article on the website. It's really good. It's about Mm -hmm. Christian Pulisic Mm -hmm. and, kind of his career tra- trajectory from the very beginnings up to his time now in AC Milan. So what we will do, I think, is we will just put those in the description below in our Spotify and YouTube links as well. Mm-hmm. So you guys can have direct ac- access to those, and we will be tweeting out the um, Threads account and then also putting out our um, website as well. So. Wow, lots going on, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, also, like I said at the beginning, if anybody out there has um, any ideas, any things that they think that we missed covering these clubs, let us know. Reach out to us on on threads, on Twitter, on YouTube comments, whatever whatever you want to reach out to us on. Mm-hmm. Let us know where we're right. Let us know where we're wrong. We're here for the discussion. So We are, certainly. So thank you guys for joining us, yeah. and we will be talking with you soon. Yeah. See you, everybody.